how do I get over my aversion to authority? And more specifically, how do I get over my aversion to Torah authority? Oh, that's such a good question. And of course, it's an American question. Because Americans represent more than any other civilization in the history of the world. One man, one vote. Don't tell me what to do. Or the Rebbe would jokingly say, mind your own business. And the balance between freedom and individuality, which is so American. And by the way, it's a very, very good thing. I think it's a good thing not only in psychology and in politics, but in religion. Every person should really make their own choices. The Abishta gave us free will and wants us to exercise our own free will as individual people. So this is a, it's a uniquely American, a Western, but specifically an American issue because we so are, we're so basically self-owned. You know, we so basically do what we want. And the idea that somebody else is going to tell us what to do is, uh, is psychologically averse. It's foreign to us. And it isn't only the Rav, it's my teacher, it's my politician, it's my policeman, anybody who tells me what to do, I, uh, I react in a way that's defensive. Now, of course, some people have this problem more than others, and I think that some of it is psychological. If a person feels like they've been controlled from childhood, and I'm, I'm sure this is very subconscious, so they feel very judged. And people who feel very judged are very averse to anybody else telling them what to do because you tell them the smallest thing and they hear it like as if you poked a needle into them. Even though you didn't mean it nearly as critically as they're hearing it, but because of their life experience, they're very, very sensitive to being criticized, to being corrected and given direction um, because it, it makes them feel judged and criticized and they're not a keili for being judged and criticized. I, I believe there's a lot of that that goes into this, even though it's a truth, that it's it's very helpful, it's, it's a great gift for a person to be able to accept constructive criticism because it's the only way to become a better person. But for some people, criticism of any time, even the most constructive kind, hurts. And it makes it very, very difficult to do what anybody else tells you to do. It's almost like if you, whatever you tell me, I need to do the opposite. So how do people get over their aversion to Torah authority and how do people get over their aversion to authority altogether? So the first thing I did for the last three minutes or two and a half minutes was affirm or confirm the question. And I, I, I suppose a psychologist would say that I probably suffer from the same ill and he wouldn't be wrong. I don't like to be told what to do like nobody else likes to. I'm very sensitive, I feel criticized and so on. So I wanna, I'm just going to say a few thoughts um, if one hat fits, where is it? If the second hat fits, where is it? If the third hat fits, where is it? If none of the hat fits, then I'm sorry I'm not answering your question. The first thing I want to share is from Tanya against the Kedesh Chavhei, the 25th letter of Tanya, which is quite long. And the Alter Rebbe is talking about Kas, people who have a tendency towards anger. Now all of us know that Rambam, that the Rambam speaks about caste, the Rambam says caste is one of the worst midas. The Rambam writes that caste is one of the midas you have to take the Afghan extreme, go to the other extreme, not get angry ever. And the Rambam actually provides a behavioral modification, an exercise in overcoming anger. And what he says to overcome anger is go to places that you're likely to get anger. Expose yourself to people and to circumstances which upset you. And be very, very challenged and hold yourself. 
And the Rambam proposes that repeating that exercise many times, obviously, successfully uh, gives you a mastery over yourself, that when you have an impulse to be angry or your anger comes out impulsively without you having so much control of it, you'll, you'll be able to control it. This is what the Rambam writes. I'm sure there are other Aetis and Sifri Muslim as well, but the Alter Rebbe says something very novel based on Azair, which is also what Rambam actually calls one of those Rambams that the only source for it is a Zayar. And if the Rambam didn't see the Zayar, how did the Rambam know that Zayar is a question for Deir Shere Shumes and Deir Shechamures and so on. But be that as it may, what the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya is that when you want to get angry, the reason you want to get angry is because you're angry at a person. It's kind of hard to get angry at God. Or it's okay to get angry at God. The Alter Rebbe doesn't say that, but I'm saying it. Because getting angry at Abish is not going to help, number one. And getting angry at the Abishtid is silly because if you believe in the Abishtid, you believe that he knows what he's doing. But at a person, you can get angry. Why did that person hurt me? Why did that person not help me? Why did that person not support me? V'chuli, v'chuli. So the Alter Rebbe says, when you want to get angry at a person, remember that that person didn't do what you, the Abishtid, did. The idea of Ashkocha Pratis. And the Alter Rebbe says, that a failure to remember that that person didn't hurt you, the Abishta did, like the Pasuk says, Hashem Amalekaleil, is considered of a disorder. It's considered separating in the Abishta's world as if Hashem is not a complete balabayas, which of course is a big, serious no-no. It's a big chesodin. It's zeyanish kagutamidas. Very, very not good. Um... And this is what the Alter Rebbe advises. When you want to get angry at another person, ask yourself, that person is doing what the Abish is doing? If that person is doing it, you could start questioning if he knows what he's doing, and if he's doing it for the right reasons, if he cares about me, he's trying to hurt me, he's not my father. And even in America, even if he is my father. But it's Atzimah Zimah Sein Sabar, because the Abishter. The Abishter loves you, and he cares about you, he knows what's best for you. And if you realize the Abishter does it, you, it'll neutralize the anger. And the same is true when it comes to authority. We, we need to have authority, and I tend to talk about this in a moment. Um, authority is a very, very good thing. It's a very, very important thing. Rabbonim Upaskin Shailis, who set guidelines and even make takonis. Takonis means it could be something which is allowed, though the Rav says we're not doing it. There's something which other people felt should be done a different way, and each community's Rav has an authority to establish takonis. And of course, our reaction as good Americans is who's he and who appointed him and Baklal, who made him. He's, I'm a bigger year Shamayim than him, so he knows a few more pages of Gemara than I do. What qualifications does he have? But the worst community is a community without leaders. Or to say it in the language of the Gemara, the worst community is a community where every single person thinks he's a leader. There needs to be leadership. And there needs to be somebody who's the authority, who paskins the aloha. And if and when you feel like your freedom is being taken away by that person, appreciate that it's not that person, it's the Abishta. It's the Abishta taking away. The Abishta gave him that authority, and he's exerting that authority on behalf of HaKadosh Baruch Hu And you're being stuck in this community, and therefore uh, subject to your, to, to what is in your view unfair and disrespectful and unqualified treatment, remember that it's the Abish that is doing it to you and not the Rav. I remember that Rebbe spoke once many years ago, close to 35 years ago already, that the Rebbe said I was a child. 
And my father was that off. He says, a person comes to my father with a shayla and a behemoth on an animal where the investment is 10 rubles. It's a lot of money. And my father says, Tref, the man lost a lot of money, which he borrowed. He's going to have to borrow money, more money by another behemoth, shechtet, hopefully it'll be kosher, and he still has the debt from the first behemoth. It's a very, very expensive proposition. It's very difficult. That's why Rabbonim in Europe had to be much more careful about being matted, because it was a life and death situation in some cases. But if it's treif, it's treif. So my father says, the Rebbe says, my father, the man walks out from my father, Darov. He lost 10 rubles. He doesn't say a word. That same butcher comes back a week later, having a dentator with another Jew for 2 rubles or 3 rubles. And he loses the dentate and he runs out screaming that the Rav is an Amaharet, that does not a Paskin, that the Rav is corrupt and he's bribed and all the other terrible things. So the Rebbe said, I couldn't understand it. He said, the same person came to my father three days ago and my father cost him 10 rubles, didn't say boo. Now my father is costing him 2 rubles and he's so upset. So the Rebbe said, the conclusion that I reached is that it doesn't bother him that he's losing money. It's bothering him that he thinks that somebody else is getting money, which is rightfully his. It's the humiliation. It's that's personal. And it's very, very helpful to say that when I'm listening to this person who's my authority, my dog, my mashpia, my parent, I'm listening to the Ebishter. Because this is what the Ebishter really wants. Another thing that I wish to say is that the Rebbe was a very big believer in leadership. The Rebbe was not a pluralist. The Rebbe didn't believe that everybody is the same. The Rebbe didn't believe in a community of Jews, everybody is Darov. And everyone is a Mashpia. And everyone is a Rav Machshir. And everyone is the authority on Chinuch. The Rebbe believed very much in empowering individuals, and they're responsible, they're responsible for the whole community. The Rebbe appointed Rabbonim wherever he could. The Rebbe appointed Mashpia, the Rebbe appointed Shluchim, and he gave them power, he gave them authority. And when you were angry at your Rav, you are really being angry at the Rebbe who appointed him. And the Rebbe absolutely believed in authority and in order and in the leaders making rules and decisions and even enactments, which is really a subjective thing. It's a, it's a judgment call and that the community should follow. And a lot of times people didn't like it. It was very hard to say that you don't like the, Rav, the Rebbe's Rav, but it was a lot easier to say that the Rebbe's Rav was not appointed by the Rebbe, but he's corrupt. Now the Rebbe chose him, right? So that. The corruption reflects back on the Rebbe indirectly, but somehow that allowed you to sleep at night. Authority is a very, very important thing in the Rebbe's philosophy and thinking. Now, I know that it's un-American. In America, we want to put our leaders down. You know, one of the things that always bothers me, it really bothers me, and I don't know why it bothers me so much, is that during political elections, presidential elections, they ask the president or the president to be, what kind of undergarments he's wearing. And it's a big joke. I think it's so profoundly disrespectful. And it's so typical America. There is a need to make what the Fiat Kemper calls in one of his famous letters, we're all the same. We're not. It's not a pitaita this way. The Rebbe believes in leaders. And in a lot of communities in the world, including a lot of Lubavitch communities in the world, people don't like authority. And they push back. And I will tell you this from what I have observed, from the communities I've been in that the most successful Lubavitch community are the communities that have strong leadership. That means Arovin and Mashpia, and head of the schools, and so on. And people may not like it, but what's strange about it is they complain and complain and complain and complain, and their kids get married, and they move back home. 
Because as much as they kvetch and complain, they know that this is how it's supposed to be. And in other places, there's a breakdown of authority for all kinds of reasons. The communities are too large, and people stop listening to the Rav. There's no order, there's no leadership, and the Yerushamayim falls exponentially. And the children of those rebels have a very much more serious possibility, Rahman al-San, of Poshet not being from. Because people do not appreciate the cost of overthrowing leaders. If you overthrow leaders, you don't have other leaders, you have nothing. You have anarchy. That Mendel used to joke bitterly, but he would joke, what's the revolution? The first thing is you, you kill all the old leaders. Remember what happened in Iraq the second time around? Yeah, we got rid of the leaders and then we had no way to govern the country. What did the expression that they used at that time? We won the war and lost the peace. We created anarchy. Hefkir. Leadership is very, very important. If you live in a community, everybody has tightness to their of. Everybody has tightness to their mashpia. Everybody has tightness to anybody in a position of authority. But count your lucky stars. I promise you that if they were not there, the tests that you would face, if you're honest, if you're not honest, it's another story. The religious tests that you would face, the tests of being able to support and to sustain the continuity of your family would be so severely tested that you would regret and you would miss the days that you had this authority who you felt was bullying you, bullying you, because it, it was such an important part of the success and the survival of the community. And I want to say one last thing. This is a dvarte, it's a pshetl. But I believe that this is maybe the pshat. Okay. We say in Shemineser 19 brachas, and one of the brachas we say is Hashiva that Hashem should bring back judges as they used to be and our counselors as they were in the beginning. And we say, remove from us anguish. And anocha means sighing, quetching. And then we say, then you will yourself be the king over us. First you say, Levatcha, alone. Then you say right away, how Chesed, Racham, Tzedek, Mishpat, Levatcha is a clad, but that's a different thing. What's the Pshat in this tefillah? We're praying for the return of, of, this, of, the, of the religious courts. That's what we're praying for, right? Shaftaich is the Sanhedrin. Yoyetzaich are the people who help the Sanhedrin do their work. So it's a special prayer we say for the return of the the great courts of the Jewish people, the, the authority on Dina Nefashis and Dina Knossis and all kinds of things, to the Shechedish Apiri and on and on and on, that we can't do these things today because we don't have the authority. And we dive in a Shiva Sheftech, but Hashem should bring back the judges as they used to be. And why do we say, and take away from us Yogen Vanuch? So the Pshat is a Poshtazach. The worst condition in the world is anarchy. The world condition of the world is nobody is in charge. Now, when you have a leader, a Rav, a Mashpia, over time, people, some people, some of the time, develop deep angst, deep displeasure, deep distrust, uh, and a breakdown of respect towards that individual because he makes them do things they don't want to do, he doesn't let them do things they wish to do, and in general he makes them feel like they're not supermen, they're just assistant supermen. And then those leaders are gone. And then they pray to have back all of that suppression and all of that control and all of that 
authority. And that's the Siddha. We daven for Sanhedrin. We daven for leaders. And we say, When we have leaders, Yogev Anoch is lifted. Because leaders, nobody likes to be told what to do, but we need to be told what to do. We need authority. We need order. And I'm telling you that in those places, in those communities, inside Lubavitch and outside Lubavitch, inside Hasidus and outside Hasidus, inside the Haredi community, outside the Haredi, where there's powerful authority, the people ultimately are frumer and happier. And when there is weak authority and no authority at all, they're for sure less frum, and ultimately the community dissolves. I heard from a Yid, his name was Lustig. He was a brother of Rabbi Zirkin, the Seifer and the Sheikhet, the Leiser Zirkin. So he came from Preshburg. And he told me that the Preshburger of came to Etzisral, before the war, I think. And when he saw the, the coast, he opened up his sirtuk, he took out his talskot, then he shook it. He said, I'm shaking out the honor of Rabonis. In Preshburg, he had incredible authority. He could do whatever he wanted, and the community had great respect. He says, in Israel, no, it's not going to be the same. So before I even get there, I have to accept the fact that there's going to be a breakdown in that respect. Now, 80 years since then, the breakdown of authority is so much greater. And if we love ourselves and we love our children, we don't participate in that and we embrace authority because authority is good for all of us.